This week on Powered by Battery, we speak with Nancy Ham, a longtime healthcare IT executive who's now the CEO of Phoenix-based health software company, WebPT. Listen in here for insights from Nancy about topics such as making the right corporate acquisitions, the benefits of having more women in the boardroom, and how physical therapy could help curb the nation's devastating opioid crisis. Have a listen. So Nancy, thanks so much for joining us. A pleasure to be here with you, Becky. All right. Well, so I can kind of tell by the name WebPT. PT stands for physical therapy. But Mm -hmm. just tell us in plain terms exactly what WebPT does. seems like this is something that a physical therapist is using throughout the workday and in all sorts of different functions. It's absolutely the core workflow product that they use because what they do all day is see patients. And what they need to do all day is to document the assessment or the diagnosis of the patient, the patient's goals, and their plan of care. So absolutely, it is the product they are in all day, every day. And one thing that's interesting is in healthcare, the electronic medical record, the core workflow product, most people hate them. If you look at the top eight EMRs across all of healthcare, so big ones like Cerner and Epic, seven of the eight have negative net promoter scores. Oh my gosh. And the same is true, by the way, in rehab software. Mm -hmm. We're the only major company that has a positive net promoter score because most of them aren't designed for the clinician in mind. And the PT in WebPT is Dr. Heidi Chenenga, a practicing physical therapist. And she wrote the first version of the product for herself. Oh, wow. And we like to say that Heidi gave the product to Soul. And we hear all the time, it's obvious whoever designed this product thinks like me, is a practicing PT like me, gets me. And that fit for purpose from birth has been the key to everything for WebPT. How many competitors do you have? Or in some ways, are you just competing with pen and paper? What were people doing before they used your product? Well, at the beginning, it's shocking. You know, this massive industry was on paper because no one had ever written something that actually worked for them. Today, fast forward, the industry has digitized. And while we're the market share leader, we have 40% market share 35% uh, on our core EMR, you know, we have competitors ranging from smaller rehab-specific companies to general EMRs who have tried to adapt it a little bit for physical therapy. Tell me about how the company got started. Well, Heidi was a practicing physical therapist. She was running quite a large sports medicine business, and she was frustrated by the lack of efficiency in her business and the cost. And she was spending a lot of money paying people to transcribe written or dictated notes, crazy as that sounds. So she said there has to be a better way. So she asked her co-founder, who was an IT guy, to go find her some software. Mm -hmm. So he went out in the market, looked around, he came back, and he said, you know, there's nothing specific for physical therapy. And as I like to say, he uttered the fateful phrase, but I could probably write you something. (laughs) And so it began. And Heidi, you know, originally it was just for herself, but really quickly she had colleagues who looked over her shoulder and said, hey, what's that? I want that. And mm-hmm. pretty quickly they had 12 customers and they were off and running. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Now, is the software also cloud-based or is it on-premise? Yeah. I like to say WebPT was lucky from birth because one, $33 billion industry on paper, what a greenfield market. Two, born just when you could be SaaS from birth. So we've never had to replatform. And three, you're a marketing person, you'll love this. WebMD had not domain protected the name WebPT, so they were able to grab it. So people thought they'd heard of the company from the beginning. At their very first trade show, people came up to them and said, I've heard of you. And Heidi said, "Mm mm-hmm, good, yeah, good. 
Amazing. Amazing. Well, so tell me a little bit about the growth story, because I mean, there's so many lessons, I think, that other entrepreneurs and particularly SaaS entrepreneurs can mm -hmm. learn from WebPT. But the company's also different in a lot of ways, because I think it was profitable, for instance, quite early on. It was profitable, really from birth and the company really only took in a million dollars in um, you know investment dollars and they took it in early not to fund losses but to invest in marketing because they realize we're onto something here and others are going to follow so we need to start to race and race to the top and so from the very beginning I was really impressed by how they dialed into creating this inbound marketing machine hmm. and this thought leadership and brand strength around the company and that just led the growth from from that point forward yeah I think as a marketer myself I can say you guys have been extremely innovative with marketing and really astute are there a couple of examples of programs that you can point to. One that I know um, I was really impressed with was your annual report on the state of rehab therapy, which was a, a really serious research project, right? You know, one of the challenges about this industry for both us trying to sell into it, but also for the operators, is there's just not a lot of authoritative data. Even how many clinics are there? How many practitioners are there? These are not um, well-established facts. And so we did field three years ago the first annual State of the Rehab Industry report. Um, we got 5,000 respondents the first year and produced a, a resource that has been downloaded thousands and thousands of times. We host an annual webinar to produce it and really started changing the dialogue in the industry about what are the true issues facing this industry. And mm -hmm. I'd like to think helped it become less parochial. Yeah. Because people were really focused on competing, um, you know, clinic to clinic. But our research illuminated the fact that there's only 10% of the patients who would benefit from physical therapy getting physical therapy today. So huh. there's over 100 million Americans who would benefit from this care who aren't getting it. So our research has helped illuminate that. And I'd like to think help our industry come together to face outward and say, how do we double or triple or quadruple the amount of patients we're reaching. That's an amazing statistic that only 10% of people who need physical therapy are getting it. What are the reasons for that? Is it an insurance issue or is it something else? Well, it's a lot of issues. One, Americans are quick fix oriented. And so we go to the doctor and we want a prescription. 75% uh, of all opioids are prescribed for musculoskeletal pain, which physical therapy could help. I mean, maybe this is too much of a stretch, but do you think if more people, if a significantly higher number of people got physical therapy, that could make a dent in the opioid crisis? Or is that maybe I shouldn't be conflating those two things? No, it's absolutely true. And in fact, we're, we're sort of waiting on pins and needles for a major research report that's going to come out. But what it says is 75% of opioids are prescribed for musculoskeletal pain. Of that, the vast majority are prescribed for low back pain. And... If those low back pain patients go to conservative care first, physical therapy or chiropractic care, and go to three visits, they are 85% likely to never see an opioid. Wow. So physical therapy and helping people understand that conservative care pathway, actually, I don't think it's overstating to say it is one of the answers to the opioid crisis. Talk to me about um, your sales engine and how you're running that and how that may be different uh, than other SaaS companies, you know, that, that you might compete with or know of. Well, it's evolved because at the beginning we were a single engine, you know, car, so to speak. And so it was all inbound SaaS SMB leads. 
And so I mentioned the company took the precious money they raised and they put it squarely on marketing. Because of the interesting dynamic of physical therapists, originally we're selling to the physical therapist him or herself. They're in clinic treating patients all day. You can't cold call them and get to them. So you had to reach them through this sort of pervasive web presence. Um, one of my favorite facts about WebPT is we're the third most accessed source of information on physical therapy after Medicare and after our trade association, the American Physical Therapy Association. Meaning when people are searching online. When they're searching. Okay. And so they come to WebPT, and so that created this um, aura and this place where people convened online to get information about the industry. So blog posts, webinars. We get 35,000 people a year to our webinars, the survey, ebooks, And so the original sales engine was 100% inbound. People raise their hands. We call them within hopefully two minutes. We schedule a demo. We do a demo in month. That is the whole sales process is the demo. And we close a shocking number of them, first touch, in month, credit card swipe, we're done. So that was the original sales engine. Today, though, as you know, we have 13 products. And so our second sales engine started three years ago of cross-selling new products to our existing members. And so that's a little bit different. You know, um, our members raise their hands uh, in a lot of different ways. And we're very good at educating them about the value of the products. But we're always a soft sell company because, you know, we just want to know if it's going to be a fit for you. And now what's new for us, we have an outbound enterprise engine. So now we have outbound account-based marketing, you know, enterprise-level thought leadership. We've done a lot to invest in that. Battery's been a big partner in that, as you know. And so now we have that trifecta, inbound, cross-sell, and outbound. As you mentioned, you've been at the company just for about two and a half years. Mm -hmm. When you got the call, what did you think? Was it immediately interesting, or did you have to get sold on the job? No, I was actually really enjoying where I was, because uh, it was giving me a chance to play at a different scale. And so I started my usual spiel of, thank you for calling, that's super nice of you, I'm not interested, I'm happy, maybe I have a friend. And then they said, battery. And I said, oh, wait, wait, back up, battery ventures. And they said, yes. I said, who at Battery Ventures? And they said, well, Chelsea Stoner. And I said, hmm, I am interested. Because I had met Chelsea in my travels. She had um, looked very hard at investing in a company I was running. And ultimately, we didn't do the deal. But I was so impressed with her that I put a note in my brain. I, hmm, I'd really like to work with her someday. And I think on Chelsea's side, when she heard that um, you know, I was potentially interested, we just connected. And it flew from there. So I have to tell you about my first conversation with Chelsea. Okay. All right. She put me under an NDA. She shipped me like 120 pages of information on the company. And our first conversation started with her first question, which is, what is your three to five year strategy for the company? <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a really interesting way to jump into a conversation to see that we were aligned. It was brilliant in terms of sucking me in because right. I'd spent so much time already thinking about this company and getting fired up about what I could do to help. So uh, the most unusual interview process I've ever been through, but um, also the most intriguing. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, not to act like Chelsea, but my next question was actually, what have been your top two to three strategic priorities since joining the company? I mean, as we mentioned, the company was already growing pretty quickly. I think it was a market leader probably before you joined, was profitable. So what, what have been your big strategic priorities? 
Well, one, it's been fun because every other company I was hired to fix fix something that was wrong. And there was nothing wrong at WebPT. They just had such a runway in front of them. So my priorities were, one, to build out a team because we were at that transitional you know, changeover from our startup team to our scaling team. So I've had an opportunity to hire some amazing people. Um, to our market, the people we serve is consolidating. 30, 20 private equity firms are investing in uh, PT clinics. And so we needed to go up market to enterprise and fast. And enterprise is my whole background. Mm -hmm. um, and really to bring in more partnerships in M&A is a way of doubling up the growth rate from a really, really nice organic growth rate to racing to be more than a 50% market share leader. Wow. And what's your market share right now? We're 35% on the core EMR, but 40% with at least one product. So we've made a lot of progress in two years. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, let's drill down a little bit on M&A. I mean, how have you approached that? And, you know, lessons that you've learned, things that have gone particularly well, things that have gone wrong? So I'm a big believer in M&A. I've done 15 or so deals um, in my career. And I always caution people, you need to start out by making a strategy. There's so many shiny objects out there. So many banker books are going to show up. Like, don't do that. You'll buy the wrong things and you'll pay too much. So start with a white sheet of paper and say, why? Who? What? And so in our case, um, we knew we really liked product acquisitions. We had this big customer base. We have the highest net promoter score in our industry. We have high trust with our brand. So we know our customers will buy more from us. So we've actually made three product acquisitions, billing software, clinical outcome software, and uh, on my watch, patient relationship management software. And what was crucial about the third one is that it gave us an agnostic solution that's untethered from the EMR. So now I can sell to 100% of the market. You buy that product, you get to know us and love us, and in time you'll think about swapping out that core componentry of the EMR. So that was crucial for our strategy and really opened up the up market for us. Um, the second is just share. So Battery and WebPT had tried for a couple of years to come together with one of our main competitors. And they wanted to come together with us, but they had complicated ownership. And uh, eventually I was able to get in there and get the owner to talk with me. And from there, we were able to quickly go into a quiet, exclusive deal and come together. And it's like two halves snapping together. Our cultures, our leadership, our products is just a match made in heaven. And the market has responded so beautifully. We have, frankly, sold the daylights out of the resulting end-to-end -end product solution created by buying that, that key competitor. You're listening to the Powered by Battery podcast with Nancy Ham, the CEO of rehab therapy software company WebPT. Coming up, Nancy discusses how her team fosters a positive and inclusive culture and what it means when a company's CEO, co-founder, and one of its key board members are all women. So, Nancy, talk to us a little bit about the company's culture and mission. So, Heidi Janenga, our co-founder, she founded the, the company on the principles of conscious capitalism. And she gathered the first 40 employees together and said, what is our true North Star? Why are we here to help rehab therapists achieve greatness in practice? And who do we want to be in going on that mission together? Who do we want to be our fellow travelers? So she stepped back and let those original 40 core employees define that. And 
I think it's really important when we talk about culture. We don't have just like some words on the wall. I call it expensive wallpaper. We have eight core values that are vibrantly alive all day, every day, in our vocabulary, on our T-shirts, in our performance reviews, in how we hire. And they are things like create raving fans, be rock solid, F up, own up is one of our favorites. And so the culture is just this living, breathing thing that we celebrate and reinforce every day. Um, and we share that culture with our customers. We talk about it all the time. And that's something I've never seen before. Um, we do a, a bunch of really interesting things when we hire new people. We don't have employee orientation. We have culture crews that you go on for a full week. Everybody has to sit on the, the desk and answer the phones and listen to the pain of our members. So you're not really getting on a boat. That's, yeah, too bad. Not yet. <laughs> Maybe when we're over $100 million. Okay. okay. WebPT is kind of an interesting company from a gender or inclusivity perspective mm-hmm. because the co-founder of the company, Heidi, was a woman. When the new CEO, you, were recruited, mm-hmm. you're obviously a woman. Um, and the board member, who is part of the majority owner of the company, Chelsea Stoner, is mm-hmm. also a woman. And you don't, you know, you just obviously don't often see that. Um, obviously, I don't think that was done by design, but is there is there something um, interesting about that, or do you feel like you guys are a bit of an inspiration to some other companies as far as diversity and inclusion? Well, I, I love that you said diversity and inclusion, because we're focused on both. And so inclusion, to me, is inclusion of ideas, inclusion of experience, inclusion of getting everyone you know in the room to talk. And so we practice inclusion every day. You know, in terms of diversity, we are uh, an extraordinarily open company. So in terms of whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever gender you are, you don't have a gender, like WebPT is your home. And so we really, really encourage people to, to bring and be their authentic self, which uh, is kind of interesting when you walk around the company and you look at everybody who's with us. But, you know, in terms of the, the female leadership, It doesn't make a difference in business. Business leaders are business leaders. But it is a little refreshing not to be the only woman in the room, not to be the only woman in the boardroom. And I just think there's a directness. Um, There's a lack of bullshit and politics that maybe I attribute a little that to the fact that we do have, you know, those three female leaders. Great. Great. Well, just last question. I'm just kind of taking it up to the 30,000-foot level. I want to just talk broadly about trends in healthcare, Mm -hmm. trends in healthcare IT, and how those may be impacting WebPT. I mean, healthcare continues to dominate the political debate. Um, We've gone from Obamacare to single-payer healthcare. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. How how are you guys playing into some of these changes that are happening at the policy level? Well, first, we've advocated for physical therapists. We talked about for patients to have the right of direct access, go straight to physical therapy without going through a gatekeeper. And uh, we really led a lot of those efforts through PT Day on the Hill and things like that. Healthcare, more broadly, though, you still hear this issue of interoperability. And this has been a passion of mine for 25 years, that the, the data belongs to the patient. Wherever the patient goes, the data should go. You should not have to fill out a clipboard again. And so we are a leader in interoperability. Um, it's an area I've really invested in in the company. And supporting uh, that trend, I think, is really important because our healthcare system is so inefficient. Um, I think we see uh, a real trend around price access and convenience. So, for example, as primary care uh, consolidated over the past 15 years, the number of visits to traditional primary care dropped 20%. 
because the patient said, I want urgent care. I want telemedicine. I want price access and convenience. And so we're seeing that now in physical therapy. I'm spending a lot of time right now looking at young digital tele-rehab companies because it's kind of interesting. Physical therapy is a hands-on clinical practice. So how do you make that not something you have to get physically? Uh, how do you take out the physical, physical therapy? And I think there's some real opportunity. And to reach that 90% of the patients who aren't coming in through uh, some interesting things like that. And then I think we're really entering this era of machine learning and artificial intelligence where you can look at millions and millions and millions and millions of patients and start to build these personas. Because think about it. If you have a 16-year-old female soccer player come in because she blew her ACL and you have an 82-year-old man who blew his ACL, you know, just like walking down to get the paper, couldn't be more different. Today, we treat them the same. And so through AI, we are starting to learn what is the best clinical pathway for these smaller and smaller cohorts and eventually individuals. That's one thing that's cool about being the market leader. We have more data than anyone. We have 10 years of data. We have tens of millions of patient records. And we're now starting to apply AI to look in there and see what can we discover? How can we change the course of treatment? to be ever more effective for you as an individual with your history, your comorbidities, your goals. Well, Nancy, congratulations on all your accomplishments at the company, on WebPT's growth, and I hope we get a chance to talk again soon. I'd look forward to it. Thanks very much.